I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, welcome to a well-fed, bloated edition, mm. post-Thanksgiving uh, edition of Advantage Connors. Sitting, Turkeyed out. <laughs> food out. <almost>. Food out <laughs> is right. Sitting, sitting here at the dinner table uh, with you in person again, Pops. Uh, we had a good good four or five day weekend there with Thanksgiving. Yeah, we had a, we did a lot. You yep. know, we had a Connors Kitchen, yep. which... Uh, Big hit online. Brought it back. Thank you for, <laughs> for everybody for tuning in and uh, giving your likes for it. Uh, it's fun to be back again doing that. But also, uh, we had a nice little gathering. We missed your sister, Aubrey. Yep. Uh, she was going to come out, but, uh, th- uh, but we had Caitlin, our niece, mm-hmm. uh, you, Melina, right. uh, the Golden Doodle. Gold we had Bogey. Right. We had me. And Stevie. we had a, hopefully a future guest coming on. Who are you talking about? Tanya. Oh, Tanya. Yeah, uh, yes. We, you know, the surprise guest at the last moment. I didn't know. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna have to bring Tanya her Thick. on. Is Tanya Thick, uh, who had uh, came over and had dinner with us, and and uh, she's great. And here and here's why. She first of all, she's great, and and we loved her when she was with Alan, and one of the biggest personalities I know. Exactly. Yeah, charismatic, but, funny, but more important, she knows when to leave. Right. <laughs> you know, she came over, she had, we had a great time for two, two and a half hours. And she says, I want this, I want that, I right. want this, bring, uh, I want a big, her, bigger piece of cake and I'm going home. Right. We gave her uh, two good uh, to go plates, doggy bags. She, she was, <laughs> and she's great. We, it was, it was a most fun, uh, Thanksgiving and, uh, we wish Aubrey was here, but now that we're having tuna casserole. Nice. Oh, that's a, that's a family favorite here. It goes back to being kids. It's uh, not quite as complicated as the seven-course Thanksgiving meal that no. we just came off of for you guys. Uh, it's a little less moving parts, but also very good at keeping for leftovers. Yes, uh, and you can only take half home tonight. Yeah, some will be coming uh, down uh, south on leave, the 101 with me. Leave a little bit for us tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but but it was interesting when we did a Connor's Kitchen and uh, just for Thanksgiving, which uh, I'm going to say again, thanks for all the responses. It was amazing. But uh, you know, when uh, your mom was in the background, and I got a couple uh, tweets, uh, you know, to me that says, "Oh, what really? Patty Connors cooks, you know." <laughs> I think, <laughs> and I and I went, "Wait, that was part of the whole thing forty five years ago." Right? You know, you got a meatloaf and chicken fried steak and beans everything. and ham and everything. Chicken you know, dumplings. you know, yeah, chicken and dumplings, turkey stew. He takes uh, the turkey and makes it into a stew with all the parts and the fixings. And she's two or three weeks ahead of us. I mean, it, really, it's it, Patty's kitchen. It, it, well, it, it's, it's been a little, you hijacked it. You, come, you said, wait, look, you take my name 
and I get part of the kitchen, right. I think was the deal. Yep. And now it's Connor's kitchen. I'm, I'm happy to share it with her <laughs> uh, because I've learned a lot from her. Yeah. But uh, we, we had a great four or five days and I know you got to go back to work. Next Gen uh, starts tomorrow. Ne- next Gen. This will come out Friday, but this starts on uh, Tuesday. So I'll be working. That'd be fun for Tennis Channel. But I wanted to talk to you about one thing. Talk to me. I saw a special mm-hmm. last night. Yes, last night. Okay. Running with the Bulls. Right. On TV, while you were half asleep, half uh, comatose? Okay, half comatose, but I was waiting. All of a sudden, <laughs> my, one good eye open. my eyes opened and I said, I think I have a nut sitting right next to me who did that. Yeah. And and when was that, two years ago? No, uh, I think 2018. 2018, five yeah, years? Before geez, COVID. Yeah. Four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, time has passed. And, and, and I remember that you said, oh, I'm going to Spain. And, 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 and I said, well, you know, have a good time, relax, you know, be careful, take care of yourself, look after yourself, you know, keep us posted on what you're doing. Yeah. And then the next thing I get, well, pictures of, I just ran with the bulls, you know, and <laughs> well, I'm I, going, what was that like? I didn't want to tell you guys before. I know you didn't. Yeah, we, I, I would, we wouldn't have been in favor of I that. Waited, I, will I say. waited till it was too late. Uh, <laughs> I sent you some good pics and video. Yeah, you did. Yep, Pamplona. I, Spain's one of my favorite countries I've ever been to. It has so many great cities, and uh, and you met Melina there. Melina there. Yep. The people are great. I, you know, you grow up hearing Spanish a lot around you in California, so it feels like home there. And and uh, yeah. So I decided I've always wanted to do it. It seems like such a unique, uh, you know, thing. It's like this old tradition that they've done for, you know, over a hundred years. It's in the first week or so of July. So it's kind of around Wimbledon time. So I kind of piggybacked my trip to Wimbledon with the running with the bulls, right? There you go. Pamplona, small kind of city up in the north part. You know, Uh, I went to San Sebastian after. Shout out San Sebastian. Good wow. food. Wow. If you're going there, it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I went to Pamplona. I got there for two days. So I, I did never been there, never saw it. So I went and I scouted one day's worth of the running of the bulls. Mm. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't know. So I got up and I kind of just like observed and watched it from like the little, the, there's the, the crazy turn where they turn and they go towards the bull ring. Um, but, and then the next day I went and did it. And so you get the outfit, you get the white outfit with right. the red sash and the yep. red scarf. Cause you I know, I wanted to ask you about that. Cause uh, the bulls, you know, see red, you know, like in the yes. cartoons. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you just, uh, hope that the bulls don't get funneled your direction. And there's like a set number of bulls, like six or seven of them. Each bull has a cow, has a, um, not a bull, but like just a, what is a neutered cow? Uh, well, where it's, it doesn't have horns and, and everything like that. It, it's there to- I could say it in my language, but I'm gonna let that go. All right. <laughs> um, they run with the, the, the bulls as a way to keep them moving through right. the streets. Because if they didn't, they would like get, they would get like focused on a person and just keep like, you know, hitting them with their, with their horns yeah. and running into them. So they run and as they do, they have the bells, the bells, and they follow the bells all the way into the bull ring. Mm-hmm. And then the people, some people will follow it all in the bull rings. So you got to do that. I went and did that. And then they'll let one or two bulls out that don't have big horns. They've been like, the horns are dulled. And so right. people can go around, they kind of chase them and, you know, the bull kind of goes at them and, you know, people get nailed. Yeah. I mean, I got some videos where people think it's this fun. Oh, it's not the big bull. And then boom, boom. Like, it's like concussion on the floor. Yeah. But, it, but it was interesting when I was watching this, Brad, that, uh, you know, some people, you know, fall along the way. And, and, and the first thing they say is don't get up. Right. 
you know, stay, stay down. And, and what, what is that? Hopefully the well, bulls just pass over you. I think you don't want to like, uh, you don't want your face to come up into another foot, into another hoof. Right. You know, and it knocks your teeth out or hits your, you know, you know hits you in the eye or something like that. I mean, it's fun. I didn't like the whole bull fighting. I didn't partake in that because I'm mm-hmm. kind of an animal lover and, and it's a, it's a, it's dicey, you know, with, they do some things there. Obviously everyone, they do a barbecue and they, they, they kill the bull and then, you right. know, and then they cook it there and everything. Um, I didn't watch that part, but the part that was cool is after you do, you, cause they run at eight in the morning. Ooh. By the way, half the people are either hungover, just waking up, or still out from the night before. So it's just a big party. It's just you a know, big party for like a week. That? For like a week. Really? And then every morning wow. at 8 a.m. for like nine or 10 days, they run. And then after it goes, everyone, you know, goes and gets breakfast at all the little coffee shops and they have replays from like every camera angle possible. Oh. You know, they got like a fly cam and they got a jib cam and they got a, a drone cam and, you know, right. everything. And they're just showing all the best wipeouts and all the best, you know, bulls hitting the people. And, and, uh, it, it was really fun. It was, uh, it was once in a lifetime thing, kind of a bucket list thing. And, and, uh, I was glad I got to do it. Would you do it again? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that. Why not? Yeah, don't don't <laughs> don't tell me that. But it, but it was fun seeing because you know you hear about that. You know, I mean, for for years and years and years, running with the bulls, and you see it on TV and and the excitement of it and, and the way people are, you know, and they're looking and their their eyes are so big, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you see this bull. I don't know. Fifteen hundred pound bull, two thousand pound bull coming at you, and you're going, whoa! You know, I'm I'm in pretty good shape, but I can't climb. You know, (laughs) I I'd I'd be looking for the you know first way to get out of there. But but uh, you know when when I I remember when. Well, when you send us pictures, yeah, I'll put said, some of those pics up this uh, week. Yeah, please, and uh, that would be great to to show. But I remember when uh, when you sent that, and you said, "And by the way, I'm in Papaloma, and I'm I'm running with the bulls." And your mom goes, "What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> wish you know, me luck. Yeah, wish you luck. Yeah. But it, but it was over by then. But that had to be exciting. Yeah, it yeah. was fun. It was uh, yeah, it was one of those you know things that you know only happens there. So you got to go there to do it. And, uh, yeah, it was a blast. I, I know Spain is one of your favorite places and, and, uh, you go back there any chance you get, but, uh, uh, please don't do that again. Okay. Yeah, please. <laughs> but we have a special guest coming up on uh, right. Danish Connors. That's what right do you think? We, we do. We're lucky enough to have a, uh, post Thanksgiving special guest world number eight mm. ATP rankings, mm-hmm. Holger Runa. Ah, Yeah. Just finished up a good season, won Paris back in 2022. 20 years old. Yep. Young, young, very young. 20 years old, up and coming. He's part of the next generation of guys with, uh, you know, everyone thinks with Sinner and Alcaraz, but, you know, he's his own dude and and he's making his own reputation out there. And he's one of my favorite guys to watch. And, and I love working the matches when when he's playing. And, you know, we were lucky enough to to get him on. I just reached out to his mom and or to his social media, to be right, honest, yeah. and just sent him a message from our podcast and said, hey, we'd love to have you on. And that was almost like, it was about a year ago. It was, I think, right around Paris or after Paris. And, uh, you know, I got in touch with his mom and the scheduling and everything. And, and sure enough, you know, right when they got off, you know, their first week off, they went to Dubai to do training and have a little vacation. And she reached out and said, we have some time now. And, you know, we, can we do it? And I said, we'd love to. Beautiful. We have a, a good amount of time with him, but I enjoyed our conversation with him. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, I hope our listeners do too. Enjoy the conversation with, uh, with Mr. Runa. On Advantage Connors. We got a special guest today on Advantage Connors. Joining us all the way from Dubai is world number eight player in the world, fresh off the ATP finals, Holger Runa. 
How are you today? Welcome to Advantage Connors. Thank you. I'm doing well. You know, just uh, enjoying my vacation and uh, yeah, recharging the batteries before the work starts again. Yeah, it doesn't take long, right? You picked a pretty good spot, Dubai, to, to hang out for a little bit. Tell me what your plans are during the day now that you're taking a little time off tennis. Yeah, it's not bad for sure. Actually, you know, just very relaxing, you know, staying a little bit at the pool, getting some sun and doing some jet ski and some, you know, fun activities. And actually, yesterday I went for the first time to Abu Dhabi to watch the Formula One. It was super cool. I think, you know, when you've never watched it before, you really realize how fast they go and how intense it is so i think that was a cool experience and i think you know the most important thing is to use the holiday to really just relax 100 because during the season you have enough stress i would say yeah it's, it's interesting you say that because uh you know the tennis year is so long right it mm -hmm. uh really you could play 52 weeks a year if you wanted to it is crazy it's too crazy if you ask me and i'm young i'm fine but it is very, very packed, and especially, you know, finishing with Davis Cup, I think, finished yesterday, right? So it's it's really crazy to play almost every week. Um, again, it's it's about trying to schedule, you know, the season the best possible way. For me, you know, for the upcoming season, I think it's important to have a good team around you that knows which tournament you need to peak in and which moments of the season your body needs more rest. So, yeah, it's a whole puzzle. What was it like this year? Because in 2022, you had your breakthrough. You know, you had the last the last three or four months of the year was was amazing. You, you jumped up into the top 10. You were an alternate at the finals last year. What was it like this year being a top tenner for the full calendar year? And instead of, you know, you, you weren't able to sneak up on people. You know, you were more of like the hunted instead of the hunter. So how was that a little bit different this year? Yeah, it was different. I mean, um, I think, you know, coming up as the new player, people don't know your game as well as they do now. So I wouldn't say it's easier, but in a way, you can make more surprises. And you can make a few things that the opponent might not know in, in crazy moments and stuff like this. Now they know who I am, how I play. So it's not a surprise to them. So that is the time where I need to improve now. And this is also very exciting because, you know, I want to, you know, fulfill my potential. And yeah, it's different, but I'm happy that I managed to, you know, keep myself inside the top 10. I think I had some period of the season which was really tough, you know, both on and off the courts. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, finishing at the Nitro ATP finals in, in Turin really gave me like a confident boost that, okay, no matter there was a few bumps in the road, I stayed consistent throughout the season and got to the season finals. And then, uh, you know, good rest, good preseason and, and high hopes to make 2024 a better year. You reached number four on the list of, uh, the, you know, the top four best players in the world. That puts a big bullseye on your back, right? And, uh, you know, so... When you go out now, knowing that everybody's after you and wants to take you down, you know, they'd rather take you down sometimes and win the tournament, right? You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of the feeling that I always had. You know, so what are you going to have to do to understand that so that when you go out and play every match that you're ready to go? Yeah, so actually a small secret that I've been uh, trying to use here at the end of the season, you know, getting my game back on track and stuff, is... When you play those guys where you feel they really want to beat you, they want to take that scalp. Like, for example, when I play Novak, you know, it's an opportunity to really beat him. You know, we know it's going to be tough, but it's a big chance to, you know, prove that, you know, you can beat the, the best player. And I, I always tell myself that, okay, let's really, like, prepare that it's going to be really tough in the beginning and try to be super, super tough. You know, play every ball in the court 
start as strong as possible because maybe they're like, wow, I'm giving my full and I'm trying to hurt him here in the beginning, but he's just, he's just a machine. And then when they realize that, okay, maybe he's a machine, they start to slow down and then they're less, uh, like, uh, less dangerous. So that's actually been like my like focus area at the end of the season. Your success, I mean, you, you've proven yourself to be, you know, an all-court player. Your success on clay, hard courts, indoors, whatever. What's your favorite? What would you rather play on? If you had one match to play for your life, what court would you rather play on? It's a good ah, question. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> a good question, actually. Uh, well, it also depends who I'm going to play, actually. Yeah, but good point. Say, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it depends a lot what I'm going to play because, you know, if you say Rafa, we definitely do not say clay, even though I haven't played him on clay, but I, I could imagine. I would probably say I have to go with clay, actually. Really? Interesting. Clay, yeah, because I think I had my first title on clay and when I was a junior, you know, I was, I was fast up the rankings in juniors and, and, you know, I was playing guys that were older than me and for me, clay was also always, you know, the more easy surface to play on because I had a little bit more time and with the big guys with the big servers and stuff like this it was you know more like comfortable in a way for me to sneak in and find a way to win so I still feel like I really feel comfortable and on the play you've always like you've had wins over all the top players you're head-to-head over everybody since the beginning you get wins every time you played Joker you talked about beating Joker even in your losses you've taken a set off of them you have that bravado, you know, you have that confidence for such a young player, still just 20 years old. Talk to me a little bit about like, where does that come from? Like, how are you able to have such confidence, you know, at such a young age when you go up against some, you know, such legends in the game like Joker? Yeah, I think that, you know, when I enter the court, I have very like strong belief in my, you know, capabilities and, and what I can do out there. And I respect my opponent, but I'm never going to be afraid. And also like, I feel like people, you know, also they ask me sometimes, yeah, but you know that you play a guy with 24 Grand Slam and and yes, I know, but if I would think that, I would already have lost the match. So I can't allow myself to get these thoughts into my mind because on the paper, it's impossible to beat him, but in real life, everything is possible. So I just got to, you know, stay in there, take my chance. We know he's the best, but even the best can be beaten. So that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, your, your success... The last couple of years, I mean, the way you, you've risen to the top, like Brett just said, you're just 20 years old. What's it going to take for you now to, to step up and go to that next level to win that Grand Slam? Yeah, that's a goal in the preseason, you know, to figure out a way to improve me as much as possible. And I think that, you know, physically I can still improve. I see areas where I can, you know, be stronger, and especially in the best of five set matches to, to still have the same energy in the fifth as maybe in the first. And I think mentally I'm, I improved a lot. I actually saw some videos today from me just early this year and now at the end of the year. I think I'm more like composed on the court. I'm very energetic. So, you know, when you play with a lot of energy, you, you know, you sometimes show too much emotions. But, but again, it's, it's a part of the game. So I have to be able to like, of course, I, I would still like to show my emotion, but choose the right moments to show emotions. Also strategy-wise, you know, you know, be not showing the opponent your weaknesses and showing them you're, you're on it every time you, you win a point and, and stuff like this. So it's, yeah, many things. Well, I want to say this. Never apologize for showing your emotions and being an emotional player. You know, all, yeah. all that, you know, I, I, I always felt that I use that emotion, you know, to help drive me. As long as you 
be emotional, you know, like my friend Dilly Nastasi, you know, he he would get emotional, but he would still be emotional five games later. You know, yeah, so that doesn't work. <laughs> no, that doesn't work, is right. So yeah. you have contact with Boris Becker, and he is now on your team. I know Boris well over the years and, and played some great matches with him in my time. What does he bring to your team for you? Yeah, I think it's very exciting. I think so far he's been bringing a lot on the mentality and a few technical things, but I would say more more mentality, like how you can you know, handle the big moments better. And also, as I told you, how to save your energy in the matches to to, to do like things mentally better. And then, and then again, you know, I think he's a very good man. He makes, he made already a plan with my fitness coach and, and my analyst and what we needed to improve. And he's extremely involved already. And even we had this test period, the, the tournaments, I think to see like his passion just to test, it was extremely like, nice to see because you know it's never never easy like to do just free tournaments and you don't know what's going to happen but he was so much into it and i really like that kind of like kind of person yeah it must be nice too because i know you've had different coaches in the past but with boris when he tells you something it must be cool knowing like look he knows this because he's done it you know he's been there he's, he's been in these big matches in these big tournaments and and when he says something you know you can really trust him yeah exactly and especially the feeling that you know, when you get those emotions on the court, he knows the feeling. He knows what you're going through and can guide you in the right way easier than any other. And, you know, some other coaches, they can say, I know how you feel. No, you don't know how I feel because you have never been there. So you right. haven't had the same emotion. And for sure, Boris has had that. He's been there for so many years also on the tours. And, um, you know, he had his weapons. So he's trying to give a little bit away of his weapons. What are some of those weapons he's trying to instill? Yeah, so... We can't hide that might be the surf. <laughs> the surf for sure. He has a lot of interesting advices on the surf that I, you know, took into myself and, and I was thinking about them. And, you know, my surf is, is going better. I mean, his surf wasn't bad. So, so it's definitely <laughs> helping. Yeah, uh, Holger, you, you, uh, you have a strong relationship with your mother. She's been a, a force behind you and what you've become. I had the same. You know, my, my mother and my grandmother taught me how to play and gave me a game and, you know, was a big force in my career also. Talk to me a little bit about that, because if you look back, everybody talks about, well, my dad gave me a, a soccer ball or my dad gave me a baseball or my dad, you know, but it seems like the moms are kind of left out along the way. You agree? Yeah, yeah. My mom definitely shouldn't be left out because, you know, basically my sister started playing tennis and then you know, it was very convenient to put me into tennis also. So, I mean, everything is a little bit of a coincidence, if you can say so. But, yeah, then then we started playing together on, on vacations, me and my sister. And and we're both very competitive, so we really wanted to win. And I was playing football at the same time um, as tennis when I was six years old. So I played football from six to seven at the same time with tennis. And then I was like, wow, I feel that kicked much more in tennis than in football. You know, I feel like I really... I really want to like play more. I want to improve my technique. I, I went home in the garden to do exercises with the technique and, and serves and all kind of stuff. So I know that I knew that okay, I found my passion for sure because I wouldn't do all these things if I didn't find it. And my mom was was really really supportive because you know she was never like okay, you have to do all the normal things. You have to do school uh, eight to three and then you can play tennis one time a week. She was like 
if you want to do something and you have a passion for it, do it, but do it good, you know? So do it your best and I'll support you. And, uh, you know, that she's been doing and she's still doing. So this is amazing to have this very, very close connection. And yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think to have a person that you can trust 100% in your team, which I can with my mom is a key, key thing to have. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending multiple hours on all the different job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that can find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. And this is according to an Indeed Data US. What I like best about Indeed is that it makes it easy for me. I'm not trying to complicate the process of hiring and looking around for new people. I like going to them because Indeed's my one-stop shop. They got me covered from every angle. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to Indeed US data. We get you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Indeed's an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash Connors. This offer is only good for a limited time, you guys. Claim your $75 job credit now at indeed.com slash Connors. Just go to indeed.com slash Connors. And support the show, Advantage Connors, by saying you heard it here on our podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? Well, then you need Indeed. All right, let's get back to the show. I wanted to piggyback just on something we were talking about earlier. Jimmy talked about that you, you know, he liked to get the crowd involved and for being just 20 years old, you get the crowd involved more than, you know, 15 year veterans. That's one of the things that's mm-hmm. so fun about tuning into one of your matches. I think about some of the matches you had in Monte Carlo this year in Rome when you yeah. made the finals. Mm-hmm. I love the way how you, you know, can harness the energy. Sometimes the crowd might be for you and then sometimes it might be against you. Like in that match with center, you know, there was like the back yeah. and forth you guys had. And I just yeah. I, talk to me about like using the crowd and, and you know, harnessing that energy. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, I've been able many times so far in, in my career to use it as my advantage. And I think, you know, I want to be a complete tennis player. And if you want to be a complete tennis player, you have to be able to handle everything. And it can be booing crowd or yelling crowd or supporting crowd, but you need to be able to perform your best in every circumstances. So I'm, I'm telling myself that, okay, I'm not going to, okay, maybe I show something, but I'm not inside of me going to let anything affect my, my game on the court. I've done that in the past, but I've learned about it and, and moved on. And I think, you know, in some of the matches, as, as you mentioned, against Sinner, I, I managed to, you know, turn the, the whole house into a party <laughs> instead of a one-of-three match. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely the match that stands out. It was a hell of a match level-wise, but also atmosphere was crazy there. And uh, I feel like, you know, not that I think so much about it, but like on the big matches, people pay for the ticket. They pay a lot, you know, and, 
they want to be entertained and yeah. how can we entertain the best you know with of course with the greatest level that's the best way to entertain but also to you know sometimes i think it's nice to to show that you you're not just a machine doing your work but also you're a human that, that has feelings yeah you used the right word there when you said uh you know basically you are an entertainer you know, you know yeah. number one you're out there for you know for your tennis which is the main reason the the crowd is there but that for you to bring that crowd down on the court with you, you know, yeah. and, and like, like they're playing the match with you. That's, you know, that to me was always an amazing feeling. It is. It is for sure. What do you feel like when, I mean, talking about that match with Yannick, you're kind of part of this group now that like everyone is kind of agreeing. You, Yannick and Carlos are this next gen, you know, you three guys are going to be the guys we're going to be watching for 10, 12, 15 years into the future. How does it feel like to be part of that group? And when you see Yannick winning, you know, here and, and, and Carlos winning Wimbledon, does that motivate you and, and give you something to shoot for? I think it's really cool to be a part of this group because, you know, all of all of them has been doing very, very well. You know, Sinner had a phenomenal season afterwards also with the Wimbledon title. To be honest, you know, I have so much motivation inside of me, so I don't need other players to really motivate me or keep my hunger. When I'm winning, I'm more hungry, you know, and when I'm losing, I get motivation to go back to work. And it doesn't matter if Sinner is winning a tournament or losing first round. I mean, I wish him the best, but it doesn't affect my motivation or will to win. And again, for the sport, it's really cool. It's really great to have this rivalry with with us three players, as you know, you had the generation Roger Rafa, Novak, Mori, and then even, you know, it's, yeah, with the, the older generation also. I think it's for the sport to grow, it's really amazing to have this group of guys that can dominate the tour. You're, but uh, not that we're doing now, we need to do it even more. We need, I mean, I'm not saying we're dominating it already. You know, Novak okay. is still there. We need to try to get him out of there. Yeah, that, that, uh, you know what, Brett? That's a hell of a point because, you know, we talk about that a lot on, on our podcast that, you know, with uh, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, the way they have really ruled and run tennis the last, you know, 15, whatever, 16, 17 years and all the Grand Slams, that it's time, you know, for yeah. for the young generation now to to come and take over. Agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I have to agree, and I do agree. But the fact is that Novak is still winning three out of four of the Grand Slams this year. So we cannot say that he's gone because we need to beat him like not just one time here and there, but like every time, you know, try to beat him every time because if he's keeping winning, keep winning these big tournaments, why would he stop? I mean, he's exactly. not going to stop until we beat him. So, you know, as soon as we can get the level raised, as soon as we will take over. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. I don't know. I like I like his attitude, Brett, because you know he he sees it and faces it that you know the young generation and the way they play and their style and their attitude and everything and you know what it takes to to really take over the game because you know you guys are the future of the game and creating that and keeping that interest you know that that has been left to you is uh, yeah. is, is going to be pretty special to see what happens. Yeah, but I actually, I actually like that Novak is still here because, you know, for us young players to really see what the real world is in a way, you know, what the what the real like deal is, you know, if you never experienced Roger Rafa or, or Novak, that's a, you know the closest of the of the greatest we've seen. I think we would miss something, and I think Novak is like setting an extremely high standard, and I think for us young players to see that is very helpful. Yeah, I think it's a great time in tennis, actually. I think the fact that he's still there dominating and being at such a high level and then just, you know, you and this next generation of guys coming up, able to still see him and learn from him. But I like the fact that I think a lot of players almost get like uh, like envious of the success and they almost like, you know, they'd rather pose for a picture with the player after the match. But I like the fact mm-hmm. that you're you're saying like, look, we have to take it. Like we want to come and take it away from him. We have to beat him like every single time. Yeah, and I think I think that mentality is is really good. Yeah, it depends if you want to be a tennis fan or a tennis star. <laughs> yeah, good point. Hey, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well said. Well said. <laughs> so uh, tell me, uh, you know, the when do you go down to Australia? You you have a couple of weeks off. When will you go down there? Travel down to Australia to get ready for the Australian Open. I'll- Travel down there around the 26th, 27th of December. Going to start my season in Brisbane with a, a 250 tournament there. And then uh, preparation weeks for Australia. I'm playing the Kuyong tournament, a couple of matches there, and then the Australian Open. So, you know, almost like always. But uh, actually, I've never been to Brisbane. I used to do Adelaide. But yeah, it's cool to try something new. What are your goals for 2024? Have you guys like written anything out or have you have you looked at that yet? So we haven't discussed it in the team yet, but I have my goals in, in my mind and it's to win Grand Slams. And, you know, I said it last year also, but I don't think like I knew how much it took. I figured that out during the season, how much it actually took. Because I won Paris in, in 2022 and I beat it the best players in the world back, back to back. And then you kind of think, oh, okay, you know, I can do this and I'm, I'm a great player. And yeah, I, I did well, but, you know, it's different to do every time. And, you know, not just best of three sets match, but best of five, because you have to do it a long time and you have to keep your focus a long time. You have to be physically fit. So there's a lot of things that this year really learned me a lot to kind of know what I have to practice on this preseason and what I have to do to be able to be better next year. If you had one grand slam to pick to win, which one would that be? French Open. Oh, the, really? Right. Is that right? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I won the French Open Junior. So for me, it's like a very special event to come back to every time. And, you know, done two quarterfinals there. Always played great tennis there. I like the conditions. I like the environment. I like the Parisian crowd there. They're, you know, as long as I'm not playing a French guy, they're supporting me very well. So <laughs> exactly. For me, it's like, uh, yeah, for me, it's like a great place to be. I like the courts. And I just think that, you know, I mean, you know, if you say you're going to win Australia, I'll take it. You know, it's not that I don't want. I'm excited for Australia. But if you ask me, like, which one would you like to win first? I would like to say, okay, I'm going to take off French Open. 
Interesting. Interesting call. A lot of people probably say one woman. Well, not not everybody. Uh, not not, not everybody, but uh, I like. Got, I was just gonna say I like that. I like the fact that you know the French you had the success there, and and you like playing in front of the Paris crowd too. They liked you yeah. as long as you weren't playing a French guy too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that's a tough task playing uh, playing a Frenchman in in uh, the French Open, but you know, but it, it seems you go around and you play Australia, you play the French, you play Wimbledon. Anytime you play a local. Right. Uh, you, you know, an yeah. uh, American at the U.S. Open, uh, you know, the crowd, you know, is, is going to be for them. Obviously, you're prepared for that every time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I was in a very young age. I started to deal with it at a very young age. We even started to speak about it, like even in juniors, even though it was 50 people maybe watching our match in under 16 or under 14 tournament. We always was very aware of it because, you know, if you let it affect you, it can you know, destroy the match and you don't want that to happen. And I think, you know, one of the greatest tasks that I've done, you know, in my career as a young player of overcoming that was when I played Gaston in French Open in the night session on center court and was actually the day of the final of Champions League. So I was thinking, okay, there's going to be no people. Everybody's going to be in the Paris Stadium watching Champions League. And then I was like, okay, let's see, let's see. I entered the court and it's a packed stadium with signs with Aliego and and full crowd and then I remember I started I think I started with a double fold or the second point a double fold and it, I just you know my ears are popping out and I'm like okay it's gonna be a long match <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things you like to do away from tennis I know we've talked a lot about tennis today but like what do you do when you have some time off and and just want to go and, and veg out and have fun I play some pedal I play some pedal time to time I think it's fun to play and yeah, I like to watch movies, actually, and sometimes some TV shows, but if I have time, because I'm like the kind of guy, if I want to watch a TV shows, I want to finish it. And, you know, during the season, I can't finish it. So actually, now I'm watching one. What think, are you watching? You know, I'm actually re-watching Breaking Bad. Oh, that's your that's favorite, Brett. That's a good one, yeah. And then Better Call Saul. Have you watched Better yeah, Call Saul? That's a good one, yeah. too. That's a good one. No, and then I think... You know, most of all, spending time with the family. I think, you know, I'm on the tour so many weeks a year. And my mom is, is traveling with me, but my sister and, and my father is, uh, you know, at home taking care of business there. So I think to go back and just enjoy the time is, is so nice. Olga, I, I know you're busy. Uh, you're a, a world away in Dubai, but we thank you so much for uh, coming on Advantage Connors podcast with Brett and myself. You know, good luck in the coming season. I, I know it's going to be a busy one for you, and, and I hope you find all the success you're looking for. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Thank We'd you. love to uh, love to meet you in person next year. Come by Thank and say hi. Thank you, guys. Hi. I'll see you later, later. Bye-bye. See you later. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Yeah.